The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for them, for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes and oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places of law devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named minister of our God. You will be fed on the wealth of nations. In their riches, you will boast. So, that's a powerful passage, and before we start, we should pray. And let's pray at the start of the year too. So let's pray together now. Lord Jesus Christ, we acknowledge that in a unique way, this passage is about you. You said this was fulfilled in their hearing when, when you read it out in the synagogue. And we praise you that you are the one that changes everything. Change our hearts, Lord. Clean them up. Make us pleased to be no longer those who are stuck in darkness or mourning or despair even. Change us to be a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor and help us please to do our part in your great plan. We thank you that you have things you want to do this year, things in the world, things in the church and things through us, each of us, and we, say, we want to say we want to be ready for that. Lord, we want to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. So speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, it's that time of year for resolutions, but uh, I try to avoid them because I feel I'm setting myself up to fail or else I run to rationalize them away, like the resolution that goes... I'm going to get in shape this year, and I choose round. <laughs> and someone said to me this week, more seriously, so what have you promised God to do this year? But I answered, well, I haven't promised anything. It's God's promises that count, because I'm not very good at keeping my promises. So, in the year 2022, will it be a year of God's favor, as we read? Will it be a year of God's favor for you? For us as a church and for the world God has made. 
So let's look at Isaiah's timeless message under four headings. What's it about? Who's it about? When's it happen? What's God saying to you and me? So next, Sam, we'll start with what it's about. Isaiah's been writing about a suffering servant, if you know this book. Uh, the servant who would change the world, who would pay for everyone's sins. And this chapter is a part of that whole passage. And Isaiah is speaking as if he's the suffering servant bringing good news. Now Isaiah didn't know the servant's name, and we do. Isaiah only knew that it was going to happen according to the plan of, for a year of God's favor. And of course, we look at this from a different perspective because we know that suffering servant was Jesus. And what he did was once for all, for all of our sins, for all time. Isaiah says that the Lord has anointed this servant to proclaim good news. Uh, to bind up and comfort people. And that, notice that's not an appointment to a position, but anointing. Um, maybe it's to put someone in a place by the Holy Spirit where they have got something to do. We could say more about anointing. But it's certainly not just like an appointment to a position. It's a sort of deep clean by the Holy Spirit to make us ready for it too, isn't it? And notice it's as good as done. So it's in the past tense from God's point of view, even though the prophecy slides across time. And next slide, let's highlight the bits. There we have something to do. The human part of the work, and I've put it in green, is to share the good news about Jesus, to bind up comfort and part of the providing perhaps, for those who grieve in Zion, these are things that we can do. And in short, we could say it's being friends who love if we do that. But now next slide is God's bit in red. We can see here that God will set people free who are captive to their past, captive to their sinful lifestyles, perhaps captive to oppression. And those that were in church this morning will know that that's not just, don't just think trafficking and grooming. We're all stuck in darkness unless God saves us. So actually, we all need some release from darkness. We all need freedom from what we were captive to in our old ways and our old life. And God's the one who's going to bring the light of his truth into people's hearts. And God's the one who's going to grant beauty for ashes. I can't do it. You can't do it. Joy instead of mourning. Garments of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Wow. And Isaiah says this is starting to happen. It's starting to happen now and in the future. And humans can't manufacture those life-changing things. That's God's work. And the Lord's anointing to do these things is also, of course, for us to speak up for those who are oppressed and can't speak for themselves, as Proverbs 31 says. And it was highlighted in the 8th of December, Sunday on 6th talk, on Christians and social action. And if, if you hadn't hear it, I recommend you find it on YouTube. It tells how to apply this to our lives. And this may be why Jesus, when he famously picked up this scroll in the, in the synagogue and read this passage out, 
inserted a bit from chapter 58, verse 6. I think we would never do such a thing, dare do such a thing, but he's the Lord, so he could do it. And he, he inserted the bit to say that part of his anointing was to set the oppressed free. You can find it in Luke 4. Now, some of us sponsor children in needy places through compassion. You might know about it. The church supports, uh, is it two or more children uh, with compassion? And you might have seen a video clip from their website this Christmas about a young man called Jay who grew up in a slum in Nairobi, Kenya. And I didn't have the confidence to know if the uh, video clip would work. So I'm going to read, I've just got a still, and I'm going to read what that young man says. My name is Jay, and I was not born free. There was nothing to eat, nothing to drink. We started to beg, so I started stealing, snatching things from people. After some time, I was arrested. The moment I entered prison, I felt like I came to hell. I got out of prison, but I went back to Mathare. That's the slum in Nairobi, in the middle picture. By God's grace, that's when compassion came in. In the program, they would give us food, teach us the word of God, and I wrote a letter to my sponsors. And my sponsors, somebody I'd never met, told me something I had not had from my family. They told me that they loved me. And I felt like I was free, free from poverty, from hunger, from prison, from hopelessness. And I heard that and I said, wow, this guy Jay is very clear about how the good news of Jesus plus the love of Christians changed him. Now, can't that happen where we live too, to people around us? We don't have to go to Kenya for it to happen. So that's what it's about. Next, who's it about? So I think we can see here that who it's about, and I put it in the next slide, Sam, in color. Yeah, the planting of the Lord. This is about people who are planting of the Lord, people with lives changed by God's work in them. And as verse 6 says, they'll be named servants. I mean, that, that, never mind the old English of ministers. We're not talking about government ministers. We're servants. And we're named servants, as the Lord says in verse 6. And we can expect that the spirit of the sovereign Lord will anoint those servants too, not just Isaiah. So the prophecy is saying that God's people will be servants to minister to all the world. That's about us too. Not just Jews in ancient history, not even just the Lord Jesus while on earth. And in some way, that rebuilding, restoring, renewing is for us too. Not just for Jesus. Now we know this for sure because of what Jesus told his disciples near the end of his time on earth. Do you remember? As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In Matthew's Gospel, it comes out as, as you go, make disciples. And in Mark's Gospel, preach the Gospel to all creation. But in John's version, we have the clearest and simplest version of the Great Commission. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. All of us. So that's who it's about. 
Now, when will it be? Well, um, indebted to Chris for this, um, Isaiah didn't know the name of the suffering servant. He didn't know the time it would happen, but that's not the important thing. The meaning of these messages that God gave prophets like Isaiah are not about a single line of time or which year, but more like looking at mountain ranges. So here's an example of three of them. You can see one, and you, then you can see the, a second line further away, and way in the distance is a third one. There's three lots. And that's a bit of a picture of how the prophecies work, because the nearest peak is like Isaiah's message to the people of his own day who were hearing him and reading what he wrote, the immediate. Maybe something along the lines of, oh, uh, stop oppressing your own people, set them free, get back to that year of jubilee that you were supposed to have been doing from the law of Moses, and then you can expect a year of God's favor. That would have been the immediate. But the, there are two other peaks of meaning in the message, and in this Isaiah 61 passage too. The first bit further away, because it happened hundreds of years after Isaiah, was about Jesus and the year of God's favor that came into the world with Jesus. And then third lot, way far away, are the verses about the end of the world. What is this about the day of vengeance of the Lord? When he will deal with all evil, when he will judge all of us and all men and women of all time. But here and now, we're in the time of God's favor. The acceptable time, as some of the translations say, for God's work in people all around the world. Now, when Jesus stood up to read Isaiah 61, uh, not a very good picture, but we don't know exactly how it was, um, he was, in his, he was in his boyhood town of Nazareth, and he began by saying it was about him. They gave him the scroll of Isaiah. He read this. He stuck the bit in from Isaiah 58 about freeing the oppressed as well. And he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And the people loved it. It was the local boy made good, and they were hoping to see some of the miracles they had heard about from him. But Jesus dashed their hopes straight away. If you remember what happened, he said, well, prophet's not honored in his own town. I'm not going to do any miracles here for you lot. And then he told them that the, very pointedly, that the message, the good news, was for all people and not just for their own private satisfaction or enjoyment, not for their benefit, but for the whole world. And they got angry. They nearly stoned him. Some people didn't like to share then, some people still don't like to share now. Um, I'm reminded of a rather sad poem about this kind of attitude. Um, we are the few, the chosen few, let all the rest be damned. There isn't room for many more, we don't want heaven crammed. Well, that's the very opposite, isn't it, of the message of Isaiah 61. That's the opposite of the message of the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. And when Jesus preached this, he didn't expound verse 1 through to verse 6. He just went for them 
and condemned their racist and narrow, selfish attitudes. History was changed by Jesus coming to earth to live and die and rise again. And Christians started to count the years as A.D., Anno Domini, the year of the Lord, yeah? Not B.C. and A.C., before Christ and after Christ, but A.D., Anno Domini, the year of the Lord that carries on. We're in A.D. 2022 because he lives through his people on earth. So we can correctly say that 22 is the year of the Lord's favor just as much as when Jesus was on earth and just as much as when Isaiah was struggling to understand how and when his prophecy would come true. It still is. So finally, what's God saying to you, to us? How does this apply? Well, I think three things. Firstly, we have good news to share. Jesus came to proclaim it, and now it's our turn. For me, I think it's time this year to share more of that good news with my cousin, David, who lives in Germany. Who does the Lord want you to share the good news with? And how? Well, when I was young, I remember planting a sunflower seed. Have you ever done that? And it's amazing how such a tall plant could grow from such a tiny seed. This is a picture from God for us of how to share the good news. We sow the seeds. We might even water them regularly. That means keep bringing God's light to bear on things when we're talking to those friends or relatives. And expect God to give surprising growth. Perhaps there's someone here tonight who's really not clear about this good news. And if you can't understand yet what Jesus' good news means for you, you need God's light on the matter to bring you out of that darkness that it spoke about in this passage. And it's really important that you find out. It's a matter of eternal life and death. Do talk to someone to find out. Now, second, we're to be friends who love. We're to be like Jesus in this. As the Father sent me, so I send you, he said. So, let's think. I know for us, there, there's a number of people we know who are coping with loss, coping with trouble. Some among us need comforting as they mourn. Who's God leading you to, to be that friend who loves? That's part of the fulfillment of this uh, year of the Lord's favor. That's part of what we need to do. Thirdly, in Isaiah's words, we are to receive, too, that oil of joy and garments of praise from God. And just as when it rains, I put on a raincoat, so when I am in trouble, I need to put on the garments of praise. God is the great giver. If God has taken something from you recently, what is the better thing he wants to give you this year? What oil of joy does the Lord Jesus want to pour into your life this year? So let's ask him to show each of us this is how we worship God day by day. At the start of the year 2022, do go home and pray over this passage. What does God want you to do this year? What new thing rather does he want to do to make it a year of the Lord's favor? Can God pick you up and grow you like an oak tree in his kingdom?